everybody. Welcome back to Verbal Diarrhea. This is V. Here's Jennifer. And today we are with a guest, Samantha Good. Yeah, the way you butcher my son. Anyway. <laughs> uh... I was going to say. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> no, you just butchered it. Like, you stabbed it in the back and the front like that. Why are you doing that? Huh? How do you say that? Dude? It's mint mint. With pizzazz, with swag, like pizza, <laughs> like good sir, you know? Samantha, just say just say your name and like where you're coming from and everything. Hi everybody. I'm Samantha Gutzer and I'm a student mm-hmm. at a college in town and I'm studying IT and I'm glad to be involved in the verbal diarrhea mm-hmm. podcast. Okay, well, thank you for being here. Um, we have a few questions for you. What I was going to ask you a few. I'm going to ask you a few. Yeah, hopefully you enjoy being here. What I do? Great stuff. All right, all right, all right. Firstly, when did the lockdown start for you, for your uni? Like, when did I like, get out? I started pretty much, I think, on the 23rd. 3rd of March when when the president announced it that was basically the cut of date for us they were like we don't want you here go home and everybody was happy for a while because you know we don't really want to go to campus so yeah <laughs> yeah so like it's only before that they hadn't stopped classes they hadn't told y'all they hadn't kicked y'all out because what happened for us was on the 17th of March our uni was already like, you know what, y'all can get the f out of yeah. here. Mm. So oh no, for us, we all ignored that. Like it was just <laughs> like we knew there was something called COVID, but as far as we were concerned, it didn't involve us. And I still feel like if the president hadn't made it mandatory, we would have still been going. So wow. yeah, okay, so when it happened what did you think was gonna happen did you think it was gonna take this long or as long as it did honestly no i thought it would be like maybe like three months at most because you know when you watch movies and stuff once america has something they fix it like quick fast so i was like (laughs) okay we just have to give you know the avengers a bit more time like three months and they'll fix everything and it will be back to normal. But also, on the other hand, I was quite glad because of like there was just so much rest I was, you know, having because I work and study. So it was like finally I got to like relax and just study because I still did the studying, just online. So I was a bit glad, and then it was just really long, and then I missed going to campus again. That's a really interesting way to, to look at it, like the Avengers, you know. Waiting for Spider Man. Yeah, where they always at. solve everything. Exactly. Like, they solve everything in the world, and it's never this long. Exactly. I feel like a lot of people felt the same way. Like, I don't know if I've, if I've already said this. If I did, I'll just edit this part out. <laughs> but a lot of people <laughs> felt like um, it was gonna. A lot of people actually said, but you said they thought it was gonna last a long time. And I was like, no, it's probably going to last like a few weeks. We're going to just have a holiday. I could catch up on studying, do my summaries. And then here we are you know. still. So the other question I wanted to ask is, so you said you thought it was going to last for three months. How long did it actually last until you guys went back to school? We only went back to school. Technically, if I'm being completely honest, we never really went back to school. Yeah, It was not really compulsory. What they did for us was uh, towards the end of the lockdown, 
when when we were supposed to be writing and preparing for our finals, like writing our tests and stuff, they made our like things. We've got multiple campuses. The main campus is in Durban, so they had classes and then they recorded them. So we didn't really have to go to campus because we had the Durban classes, sort of. Oh, okay. And then. Yeah. Yeah, then when people started going, you just go to ask your lecturer for something and to hand in the assignment. And for those people who need extra help, they went. But we never really went back, like, full-time. Yeah. Just like- Even now, like, we're writing our tests at home. So, it's still, we never really went back. Okay, so when did you guys restart? Because mm-hmm. when people stopped, it's like everything was suspended. So, when did you guys, like, actually restart, like, attending classes, even if it's virtually... Like, how long did that take for them to get everything in order for you guys? Uh, it was more towards the end of lockdown. Oh, okay. Like, I think I can say September, yeah. Wow. Because at first, what they did was, at the beginning of the year, we all get planners. Like, everybody, we know what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Like, week what you're supposed to have done this and that. So what they did was they just resent out those planners and are like, we're all on our own. We have to do this and this and this. And then towards September, a lot of people didn't have internet. They were struggling. And then we were approaching finals. So that's when they started recording the classes for us mm-hmm. and sending out data bundles to those that needed and to those that paid their school fees, which I find very unreasonable because no one was working. But anyway, then they did that for us. Yeah. Okay. Because so when you say they sent you data, how much data did they send? It was thirty gigabytes. I never got it though because you know it was only for people whose fees were not in arrears, and because I work and study, I wasn't working, so I didn't. My fees were not up to date. So yeah. The next but question I, I was going to ask was, how did you your your school handle the out, the outbreak? But I think you already answered that by saying that like they handed out data and everything. But, like, in terms of the people that are going in, do they have to, like, get screened before they come out? Or, like, how, how does it work when you're physically there? Um, basically, it's, like, the normal stuff. You sanitize at the door. Yeah. You sign in. Only two people per elevator. And um, But if I'm being completely honest, that's only for, like, the entering. Like, you can literally take off your mask in the lift and no one will know. Because when I went to school last week to hand in the last two of my assignments, we were all chilling, like, because my campus has six, seven, seven floors. And the seventh floor is sort of like where children, not children, students <laughs> chill. And we're all chilling there without our masks. So it's just, I don't know, like, it's just, they try, obviously, and they follow the regulations. But also at the end of the day, the students have to uphold the rules and we just don't do it. So Wow. So you, Samantha. So you. You just snitching on everybody here. Yeah, she's such a <laughs> snitch. No, but like, it's it's true. Like you you seeing your friends for like the first time after six seven months. The first thing you're thinking of is not whether you're wearing a mask. Mm. Like you're literally just gonna go hug up on everybody. Yeah. Only if someone coughs, that's when the problem arises. Because like, why are you coughing? Where's your mask? <laughs> Where's your mask? <laughs> worry about my mask with your mask okay well i'm not the one yeah. coughing <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like how how did you adjust to the new normal before like you were allowed to go back in and even after you were allowed to go back in like did you make a schedule for yourself like were you living by yourself were you living with family and how did you handle like life 
Uh, what? Honestly, I did nothing for most of the lockdown. Like, I did absolutely nothing. I was living with my cousin, and uh, we were we were one of the fortunate people in the fact that um, she is a manager, so she got her salary in full because she was still working. She was just doing admin from home, though. So she got her salary. So we always had, like, food and stuff. And I got tears from work, that um, like, that you are efting, you are efters mm-hmm. from the people that evaluated the country, the billions. So I got that, and that's what I used to pay some of my school fees. And um, if we needed, like, a few other things in the house, I would get it. So I was a bit more for And that's also how I got data, because I wasn't getting the school's data. I was a bit more fortunate than most. Mm-hmm. So my lockdown was very relaxed. You know, it was just mostly you wake up at 12, I just wash and I eat, and I go back to sleep. And then I wake up at nine and then I study because I study most at night. So I would study like nine to maybe three in the morning and then just repeating. And then eventually when we got back, like when the world was open and everything, it was a bit hard because now I had to go back into the schedule of, um, because at first we were actually supposed to go to campus. It's just a lot of, it wasn't practical because a lot of people live far. There were no trains and taxes were obviously expensive. So Mm. it was everyone was just like it's not practical for all of the students to go only those who need extra help mm. can go and that's when the videos thing started so mm. it was hard to go back into like working long hours and balancing studying so I actually eventually made a schedule for myself like on this and this day I have to have done this and this yeah it's it's still taking a lot of getting used to because I was so used to doing absolutely nothing so it's now like I have to do Everything. For you, everything, like in the beginning, in the lockdown, was like kind of like a mini holiday and everything was kind of chill in your own time. And then when you had to go back, mm-hmm. it was more like, oh, you're kind of restarting, like as if you were never going to campus or going to work this entire time. Like I have to restart and relearn actually how to function as a whole. Yeah. yeah. It was like that. And it wasn't even like a mini holiday. It was actually a long holiday. Yeah. Like six whole months. I mean, yeah, like it was just... I still find it quite difficult, you know, like just waking up mm-hmm. in the morning and you just don't have the luxury of just waking up, bathing and going back to sleep. Now you have to wake up. Like today I had to wake up. I had to do my test. I'm not working today. So like I have to do all the other things like laundry and all of that. Whereas this, these are things that I usually did. But now that the world is in a certain way, I'm not used to it anymore. Yeah. So how did the lockdown in general and this year impact your mental health if it impacted it at all um i think it had a good impact on my mental health because for like the first time in i wouldn't say years because you know i'm not that old (laughs) but um (laughs) like for the first time in a long time i could actually reflect on things like often when we live before the lockdown like if something happens that bothers you you don't have that much time to deal with it or to go through it. It's just like, oh, it is what it is. I've got to deal with this next thing, mm-hmm. you know. But for once, yeah, there was nothing. There was no next thing. It was like you could reflect on that thing that happened in December 2019 or 2018. Like, it was just a lot of reflecting, a lot of planning, a lot of future planning. And all in all, I mm-hmm. feel like the lockdown was actually good for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Me especially. I got to plan out my life. I got to make plan A's, plan B's. I literally have a plan E. So it's like, I got to, also I got to rest. Because sometimes when you're tired, you make certain plans with like 
a certain mindset. But once you are rested and you're relaxed, then you have that confidence of it has to work, you know, it, it will work. Yeah. And because there was so much time yeah. in lockdown, you had to make it work. So I feel like it was good on my mental health. I got to reflect mm-hmm. and plan. I'm honestly really happy. Like that so was you- your experience. Yeah, I know most of the people were not like this. I know um, a lot of people had diff- great difficulties because they didn't know where their next meal. My friend, my one friend from campus, mm-hmm. her mom, I don't know what a dad does, but a mom uh, basically sold things, mm-hmm. right? And they had such a hard time because she couldn't go out and sell things anymore. And her mom felt sick because of all the stress. So so she was obviously affected badly. And now even though the world is now open, she'll always be behind, like, on her fees, mm-hmm. on all of these other things. And she can't even write her final. So I know this impacted a lot of people badly. Mm-hmm. And I'm just one of those fortunate people that... Um, I didn't really have to stress about where my fees money is going to come from, where my food is going to come from, because I knew even if my cousin didn't get paid during lockdown or I didn't, I knew I could always go to my parents, you know, like if all else failed, I could just go across the road and be like, mom, dad, like Mm. I need to eat. So for me, it was just, it wasn't that big of a deal. Whereas for other people, it was life changing. Wow. You had to say something? Yeah. I was just saying, so you didn't feel the existential dread of, like, someone could cough on me today and there I go. Oh, no, of course I felt that there was a lot of paranoia, mm-hmm. but I got the gear, like, I got gloves, I got those those safety goggles. <laughs> I remember this one time I went to the mall, I went to Cape Gate to pay my fees, because, like, I have to pay it in an actual bank, because mm-hmm. I can't do AFTs for some weird reason. So I went there. And I was, like, dressed in jeans and boots. Like, no part of my skin was showing. And I still remember as I was using the ATM, because I had first withdraw the money to go inside the bank to deposit it. As I was using the ATM, this lady from Senate Bank was helping because she would ask you, like, you know, can you maybe do everything here so we limit the amount of contact? And then she didn't even cough. She did something like a... <clears throat> and then, oh, I remember how far I jumped from her... <laughs> And like I didn't even I didn't even remember that I'm busy entering my pen and like this is very unsafe because people behind me can now see what I'm doing, but the way that lady was like <clears throat> I jumped so I, it was a lot of paranoia, mm. but I stayed inside most mm. of the time and I remember my cousin always had visitors yeah yeah that was that was very scary, cause for her it was a holiday like to be like oh no come and have some tea and I'm just like no 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 tea. <laughs> If they want tea, they must go outside. <laughs> so there was a lot of paranoia yeah, from my side, yes. Oh, wow. I hear you. Yeah. Since you said that for you, you had a bitter experience and you like understand that your experience was the more f- on the more fortunate side of things and other people had like really bad experiences because of this entire thing. Like from your view or from your perception, how do you think this whole lockdown and this whole coronavirus thing the future like speaking about like five ten or even like a hundred years from now okay i know i said i did a lot of planning <laughs> of the future but i didn't plan hundred okay. years from now ten years but i just think everyone will mm. be cautious and we all will be not really ready for mm. another pandemic but like we will all or i'm hoping anyway that everybody will just practice yeah. kindness mostly because you know it was so hard going mm. to the mall and seeing people in the streets, 
you know because I, I know they're yeah. also scared because everybody was scared at the beginning we may be relaxed now but everybody was scared at the beginning so now i'm thinking imagine pe- the people who couldn't afford mm-hmm. to wear a mask people who were outside you know there was that time that the government was um destroying houses because people lived in an area mm-hmm. they were not supposed to and they were demolishing homes so i feel like how it should impact a lot of people now is we should all just practice a bit more kindness, you know? And I also feel like a lot of people are going to save. Mm-hmm. Like, saving is yeah. so important because something like this, this is what they call rainy days. For us, it was like a rainy six months. But I hope it will influence people to, like, you know, save and be kinder because kindness always mm-hmm. comes back. So you can be kind now and then during a pandemic you will have, because, you know, yeah. Tabs, right? It never got paid out because the government obviously chowed the money. But where I work, my boss took out a loan from the bank, and that was our terms. So whenever, eventually, when the government gets their life together, yeah. then what was supposed to be paid out to us during the lockdown, then he's going to take and pay off the loan. But that's what I mean by like kindness, you know? Yeah. Because he didn't have to take out a loan for us because he was fine. He owns three restaurants. It's us who are going to be suffering. Mm-hmm. And he looked out for us. And I'm not saying because everyone was kind, but it's because, you know, it's just humanity and it will come back to him in some other way. So, yeah, I hope everyone will just be aware of, you know, how they treat others and really will open each other's eyes because this pandemic was just hard on everybody, even, like, people who were not really sleeping without eating, but, like, it was quite hard. Yeah. And also being in the same space with the same person. Yo, Entire that was time. horrible. <laughs> I think that was the experience. Like, you wake up, you see this person. You go to sleep, you see this person. And if you guys get into an argument, you can't mm. go somewhere. Like, there's no, I'm going to go to the park. It's just, I'm going to go stand up. That is so true. Girl, do you know how many times I almost killed my mom? <laughs> and I love my mom. She's like the best Yo. person like there was just emotions were just yeah. high and like my cousin and these visitors like i remember this one day we literally like had a big shouting match because i was just like can't you see there's a pandemic and i know it's it's your life and everything you can you can see your friends but don't expose them to me because like it got to a point where like i said i used to sleep and wake up and bark and go to sleep again i would be sleeping and i would just open my eyes and they're just people and i'm just like that's so disrespectful because my privacy you know yeah. And then, obviously, it was like, oh, but this is my house. And I was like, yeah, but I help. And then it was just like, yeah, it was just, we were just around each other a lot and just raising a lot of emotions. I never want to experience so much right? around someone-ness. Like, ugh, that's, yeah. that was the worst part of the pandemic. Yeah, I feel like even if you had a warm meal, Wi-Fi and everything, just the fact that you know that you can't go out or be somewhere else, like, I don't know, felt like a, like a sense of, like, mental imprisonment because there's not, like, most... Like, in the beginning, beginning, we weren't allowed to go to the shops. So it was, like, really hectic. Yeah. So I understand what you mean. And I understand what you mean about saying people must practice more kindness and also save. I feel like a lot of lessons had to be learned from this. I hope. But I know this is not going to be yeah. a factual opinion. No, no opinions are factual. But I hope that that people do take the lessons from this and instead of like taking the trauma with them, which obviously they can't help, but it would be better if they could take the lessons like you said. So yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for that.
Well, Sammy, thank you for coming on our podcast. We'll probably have you again in the future because that thing you yeah. said about saving that already sparked up some thoughts in me, and I'm sure yeah, in yeah. our audience as well. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for taking the time. And to our audience, we hope this was helpful, guys. We hope that from listening to her story and from having listened to our other guests' stories, you will gain new perspectives on what the pandemic has been like for other people. And you'll also gain new insight. If you're an employer listening to this who will one day employ students who went through a pandemic, you will have the compassion to realize that in this time we were all struggling if you are if you are matriculate listening to this you'll realize that in being in uni studying what you want to study doesn't mean things will always be easy but it also doesn't mean things will be yeah. that bad so again i hope yeah. it's helpful